Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. Hey, how are we doing today, church? Are we good? It's good to see you. Hey, while we're putting our hands together, let's give it up for Serve Day one more time. And how great was Serve Day last weekend? And hey, look, if you participated in Serve Day, thank you so, so much from the bottom of our heart, man. You made such a difference in the city. You saw all the numbers, man, all those statistics, so to speak, rattled off and all that we were able to do because of A, people faithfully giving, and B, people, uh, man, faithfully giving their time and energy and efforts and going out. And, uh, and I love it. Serve Day is one of the most exciting weekends every single year. And so thank you so much for participating. If I haven't had the opportunity to meet you, let me introduce myself. My name's Clay, and along with my wife, Bethany, who's down here on the front, we have the privilege of pastoring our Midtown location here in Celebration Church, just about five miles away. And... Uh, and so, uh, man, it's good to be with you guys today. And I wanna welcome in all of our other locations as well. So Orange Park, Julington Creek, Midtown, Amelia Island. It, it takes a minute to rattle them all off. But man, they're all joining in. And uh, we're glad to have all of you joining in with us today. And so if you have your Bible, let's go ahead and open it up. We're gonna get to the book of Exodus in just a second. And I wanna honor our lead pastors, Stovall and Carrie. I love them to death. They're amazing leaders. And you can clap for them. That, that's a good thing to do. And uh, every, every so often, a few times a year, I get the opportunity to speak here on the weekend in the life of our church. And it's, it's always a privilege. I love doing it. I feel called to do it. And so I'm glad that I serve a pastor who kind of lets me serve in what I feel called to do. And, uh, and so I love him so much. And this weekend, Pastor and I, we were texting yesterday. He wanted me to let you know that this weekend, he and Pastor Kerry are in Washington, D.C. And uh, the reason they're in Washington, D.C. is because if you've been with Celebration in our, in our family for a little while, you know that we actually have had a sister church called Metro Church in the Washington, D.C. area years ago. It was kind of planted out of Celebration, and it's been a sister church for a lot of years. But Pastor Soval and Carrie are up there this weekend to make the official announcement that that church in Washington is going to be coming into the Celebration Church family. And so uh, isn't that exciting? Isn't that amazing that we're gonna have, we're gonna have a, a church in the family up in Washington, D.C. So get on the phone, call all your D.C. friends, you know, tweet the president, let him know. There's a, he's on Twitter, we all know, so just tweet to him and uh, let him know there's a church. There's a life-giving church in D.C. Amen? So uh, when Pastor gets back, he'll share all the, all the details with you, but he just wanted me to let you know. He'll be back next weekend preaching, but you got me for the day. So why don't we open up Exodus 13, starting in verse 17. If you don't have a Bible, that's all right. We got you covered. It'll be on the screen to the left, to the right, maybe even behind me as well. And it says this, Exodus 13 and 17. It says, when Pharaoh let the people go, right? So this is some Moses, Pharaoh, Red Sea, moment kind of stuff, if you're familiar with the Bible. When, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. Someone say shorter. For God said if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around the desert road toward the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of Egypt ready for battle, and Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, because Joseph had made the Israelites swear an oath. He had said, God will surely come to your aid and you must carry my bones up with you from this place. And after leaving Sokuth, they camped at Etham on the edge of the desert 
And by day, someone say day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way. And by night, someone say night, in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. Now, now what's interesting about that and what we'll all know to be true is some of us have lived long enough to know this. Sometimes you get to serve and follow God in the daytime and sometimes you gotta do it at nighttime. The important thing is, is you keep following at both times, right? Sometimes as you go through life, you get daytime. Boy, stuff is clear. I can see the path. This is easy. Sometimes you get night. We just gotta keep following at both times. Verse 22, neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. I love it. Let me interject right here. Watch this. The provision never left its place as long as they were following the pillars of cloud and fire. See, when, when you follow the leading of the Lord in your life, when, when you submit yourself to, to what his word says in scripture and you follow the Holy Spirit, watch this church, the provision never leaves its place. You'll never have to worry about provision when you keep following the leading of the Lord. But it's when we get out from under his covering, out from under his leading, out from under his protection, welcome stress, welcome hard times, right? There is provision when God leads. There is limitation when he is not leading. You know, the Bible makes this beautiful metaphor between the word of God, the Bible, and the lamp to our path. And just as a light leads the way on the path, so the word of God leads our life when we submit to it. The word of God leads our life. And, and watch this, when you become submitted to the word and it's leading your life, here's what you'll get. You'll get more clarity You'll get more understanding, you'll get more revelation. Now please notice what I said. You will get more understanding, not all understanding. Wouldn't it be great to get all? I'd love to get all. I don't know that you'll get all. You might get all in the end, we go be with Jesus. You'll, you'll get all understanding then. But, but even now, I promise you, you'll get more when the Holy Spirit and, and the Word is leading your life. And so here's what I wanna do today. I, I wanna talk to us about trusting God about following God, your journey with Jesus. More specifically, how to keep the faith you need when you're not getting the answers you want. How to keep the faith you need when you're not getting the answers you want. Or, or better yet, how do we stay inspired and faithful when things aren't looking like what we thought they were gonna look like? I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but that's what we're gonna talk about today. So uh, for the next 31 minutes, here's what I wanna talk to us on. I've entitled this message, Delayed But Not Denied. Delayed, but not denied. Orange Park, I'm preaching to somebody today. Delayed, but not denied. Why don't we bow our heads and pray and we're gonna get into it. So Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your word. Today, it will sharpen us. We know it will. God, we receive your word today. Let us hear things we've never heard before, gain revelation we've never seen before. I pray that you would lift the head of the discouraged today, heal the bodies of the sick, restore them and the brokenhearted. God, let us leave better than we came. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Amen. Delayed, but not denied. You know, I could probably give you a list, as you could to me, of the things that frustrate me in life. Um, I am frequently frustrated. Does anyone else feel like that's you? I am frequently frustrated, um, like slow drivers, that frustrates me. Um, people who use improper grammar, that frustrates me. Um, all, all kind of stuff frustrates me. I can make you a list, but probably nothing frustrates me more than delays at airports. 
It's extremely frustrating. And the reason it's frustrating is because you and your family or maybe just you know, by yourself or whoever, like you got all your stuff ready and you were like, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get to the airport early. You know, you gotta go through TSA and I'm gonna make sure I, I get there early so I have plenty of time. And, and so you're there super early, hours early and you, you walk through security and you get your Starbucks and, and you go to your gate and, and you did all you needed to do only to find out your flight's delayed. And you are so upset, you know, it's just, it, it, it angers me when there's delays, maybe not even in the terminal, but when there's delays even on the airplane, in the air. Like the other day, I was flying into Atlanta on a connecting flight, and, uh, and, and here I am, I'm sitting in my seat, and we're getting close, and the pilot comes on, right, the captain, and, and, he, and he comes on the intercom, and he says, hey folks, uh, just wanna let you know, we've begun our initial descent, and we should be on the ground here in Atlanta in about the next 18 minutes. 18 minutes, so I'm thinking, great, I look at my watch, I find out when 18 minutes is gonna be, great, man, we might even be early, this is amazing, I love this airline, this airline's so great, this pilot is fantastic, God bless this pilot, right? Right? And, and all of a sudden, though, 18 minutes has now come and gone. It, it, it's 20 minutes, 25 minutes, 30 minutes, 35 minutes. We are around in 40 and 45 minutes, and all of a sudden, my tone has changed. I hate this airline. This airline's horrible. Man, this pilot is probably his first time, but a newbie. Look at this rookie pilot. He doesn't know any. Right? I'm getting so frustrated right in this moment and, and because you're still in descent mode even though you're actually apparently not descending right like like the stewardess or we when steward we haven't called him that like 10 years so flight attendants uh right like like they're not letting you get up you can't get up you can't get a drink so you're getting no answers no clarity you said 18 minutes it's been 40 minutes what's going on no answers no clarity you're, you're assuming the worst you're, you're expecting the worst, everything. You know, apparently God doesn't even care about me making my connecting flight in Atlanta. You will blame, you'll blame anybody when you're frustrated. You know what I mean? It's the pilot's fault. It's Delta's fault. God, it's your fault too. You better take some of this blame, right? Like, you'll, you'll blame anyone. But then all of a sudden, the pilot comes back on the intercom 40 minutes later, and he says, hey, folks, uh, we, just, we, we apologize for the delay and the inconvenience. There was a pretty violent storm that was passing through underneath us, and so in order to ensure a safe arrival, we just had to, uh, we were putting a bit of a holding pattern from air traffic control, and so it's safe to say now the storm has passed through, so we're gonna be on the ground here. When he started saying that, my whole tone changed again. God bless this airline. Lord, thank you for this pilot. Lord, his wisdom and discernment. God, I pray that you would bless his family. Like, I'm, I'm so excited. Come, come on, I would rather be clay bared late than the late clay bared. You know what I mean? So I, I'm, I'm thanking Jesus, right? Church, watch this. Sometimes in your life, God will put you in a holding pattern so that he can safely prepare the ground and the place that he is trying to get you to. Now, I know you're frustrated in the moment. I know you're getting no clarity in the moment. You're confused and angry in the moment, but you just gotta start believing God is working on something. He's not just delaying you. Come on, he's not just delaying your life. He's saving your life. He's developing your life so that he can bring you in for a safe arrival to where he wants to get you to go. The Bible says that as Moses led the people of Israel, out of captivity and towards the promised land, your Bible says the path they took was not the shortest. Not the shortest. What's God doing right here? God put Israel in a holding pattern. They were delayed, but they weren't gonna be denied. Catch this, church. If you're taking some notes, 
Julington Creek, Midtown, our campuses. If you're taking some notes, write this down. God's delay is not his denial. God's delay is not his denial. The delay is serving a purpose and it's building trust and faith in all of us. My encouragement to you, if you feel a little delayed right now, maybe you feel a little delayed in some sphere or season of life that you're living in, my encouragement is this, persevere to the end. Endure to the end, because the more I mature and grow in my own faith in Jesus Christ, the more I genuinely believe what scripture reminds us of in this, that the race is not given to the fastest, it's given to the one who endures. It's given to the one. Sometimes in life you feel delayed and you feel like everyone else around you is just blowing by you in life. And God, why am I stalled? Why am I not moving forward? God, I thought you promised this and you said this and I really believed you, but God, I feel, I feel delayed. Listen, it's not the fastest who wins. It's the one who endures. It's the one who can keep the faith even in the midst of the delay, right? Maybe you're delayed, but you won't be Denied. I've learned this, sometimes the hardest place to live is in between what God has done and what God will do. And you just like right in the middle of the lake and you can't see land on either side and it feels a little like you're being denied. You're not being denied, you might just be delayed and the delay is serving a purpose. So I wanna give you three things today. You know, Israel, they, they were delayed 40 years between Egypt and promised land. That's a long delay and we could, we could talk and we could do a whole series on, on why they were delayed and all that God was doing. I just wanna give you three things today that I believe God was addressing in Israel during their delay. And the first one is this. Number one, the freedom issue. God is addressing the freedom issue. Church, did you know this? Did you know that you can be free and not be free? That you can be unchained and still be bound up? You can be unrestricted and still be enslaved because even though their captor, Egypt, let them loose, their soul was still bound up. I'll, I'll illustrate it like this. Have you ever met a person who uh, just got free from an unhealthy relationship but they're still bound up in their emotions? Right? You can be free and not be free. And the Bible says right here that God purposefully took the Israelites the long way to the promised land, the long way to their destination. Now, I'm sure Israel in this moment is just like you and I are when the captain has us circling at 30,000 feet. We're thinking, God, why? Why can't we just land this plane? Why can't we just do this thing right now? Lord, what is going on, right? Let me ask you a couple questions. Have you ever had a moment in life where you were frustrated and confused about what God was doing in you and around you? Have you ever had a moment where you feel like where you are doesn't match what God said? Yeah, like what you're currently looking at does not match the picture you had in your head of what this would be. Let me, let me illustrate it like this. I'll, I'll say it like this. Do uh, any of you like puzzles? Ra raise your hand, Ra raise your hand. All locations, raise your hand if you like puzzles. That's great, I hate them. So, um, <laughs> right? I, I don't like them at all, right? I, I just don't understand. Why would you spend money to be frustrated for hours and days? So I don't, I don't get it, but, uh, but here's a puzzle, right? 1500 piece puzzle right here. Um, for 20 years, my grandparents have owned a lake house in Missouri and every year for 20 years, uh, my family has been going to this lake house 
every summer we would go. And, uh, and every year for 20 years, my mom, when she shows up to the lake house, she has always bought a brand new, like multi-thousand piece puzzle that we're gonna put together for the seven, eight, nine days that we're at the lake house. And, uh, and so, you know, the family just at, at leisure, we just kind of all contribute to the puzzle. And hopefully by the end of this day, the puzzle is put together. But what's so funny is, is for 20 years now, I, can't, I, can't, I tell you the truth, we, we so often will open up the puzzle and we'll spread all the pieces out on the table, right? We're, we're flipping them over. And so often my mom has this confused look on her face as she is looking at the puzzle pieces. And, and I've had it, truthfully, all of our family members have had it. And, and we're picking up the pieces and we're looking at the picture and we legitimately aren't sure if the right pieces came in the right box. Because <laughs> we're like, this, this piece doesn't look, I don't think, there's some red in this piece. I don't even see any red in this. Like we legitimately are like, we send it back. They put the wrong pieces in here. This isn't right. And, uh, but, but nevertheless, we persevere, we endure, right? We start putting some pieces together and there undoubtedly comes a moment every year for 20 years when we step back at some point and we go, oh, there it is. There it is. They, every year for 20 years, the right pieces were in the right box, right? We never got the wrong ones, right? But, but sometimes, let me, let me say it like this, sometimes when it comes to your life, you're looking at the pieces of your life and you're saying, God, this does not match the picture that I had in my head. God, I had a picture of what you were gonna do and this doesn't look like what you were gonna do. Israel's thinking to themselves, God, you said something about a promised land. God, this doesn't look like a promised land. Lord, we got a body of water in front of us and an angry Egyptian army behind us. These pieces don't look like what you said. What's going on in this moment? I just feel like I need to share with someone, listen to me. God has the right pieces to make the puzzle of your life fit together. God has the right pieces, trust me. I know you don't see it right now. You don't understand the delay right now, but he has the right pieces to make it all happen. But, but how many times have we missed what could be because we were focused on what we didn't see? Right, And in Exodus 13, God is delaying them because he's doing a freedom work in their life. What, what do you mean by freedom work, Pastor Clay? It's simple. They had been living under oppression for 430 years. Slaves for 430 years. But watch this. The, the delay was not God's punishment. It was his provision. Because understand this, church. They are multi-generational slaves, Israel was. They're not warriors they're not fighters, they're not bold, they're not courageous. And God knew if we go the short way and you encounter an enemy, you're gonna turn back. You're gonna be cowards and you're gonna turn back and you're gonna go back to where you came from. So I can't take you the short way. I gotta take you the long way. Why? Because I gotta get you free from this slave mentality. I, I, gotta, I, gotta, I gotta get you free from being the timid, fearful slaves that you have been so that I can make you the bold warriors that I need you to be, right? He's doing a freedom work in their life. God knew that they might be free from Egypt being under their feet, but Egypt is still in their heart. Got the people out of Egypt, but Egypt's still in the people, right? God is doing a freedom work in their life. Oftentimes, church, instead of leading you the short way to what you want, God will take you the long way to what you need, to what you need. It may not be the shortest, but it will be the most purposeful. Number two, the second thing God is addressing in this delay with Israel is the faith issue. 
the faith issue. In verse 19, it says this. It says, Moses took the bones of Joseph with him into the wilderness. I love stuff like that in scripture. That's interesting. Why would the Bible want us to know that he took the bones of Joseph with him, right? You can go back and read in Genesis that Joseph actually asked something of them. He actually said, hey, when, whenever the Lord does lead our people out of this area, like I'm probably gonna be dead and gone, but, but just take me with you, take my bones. And, and so I think Moses is honoring the last wishes of a, of a faithful man of God. But even beyond that, here's what I think the Lord gave to me. The bones were the constant daily reminder to have trust and faith in the God that currently has you in the desert. What do I mean by that? Well, Joseph, Joseph would have been a man where millions of Israelites, they would have all known the story of Joseph. They would have all known what God did in Joseph's life. If you're new to scripture and the Bible and all that, you can go back and read about Joseph in Genesis and all that. But, but everyone would have known the man of God that he was and how God provided resource and what he did and the miracles. And, and so here Moses is and Moses takes the bones with him. Why? Because Moses knew this journey with these few million people is gonna be tough. It's gonna be rough. There's gonna be moments I wanna give up. There's gonna be moments I wanna throw in the towel and probably quit. But every time I look at the bones, I'm reminded the same God that did it for him is the same God that's leading me right now. I can have faith in the delay. I can have faith in the desert. The bones were a faith reminder. The bones were a daily dose of faith. Let me ask you this, what's your daily dose of faith? Now thankfully, you and I in 2017, we can open up scripture and we can read countless stories that can inspire our faith, right? We, we got, but even beyond scripture, where is the moment in, in the past of your life that you can look back and you can say, man, God, you provided it then, you did it then, you healed then, you brought resource then, you mended it then. God, you can even do it again right now. Do it again right now in the midst of this delay that I'm working through. What's your daily dose of faith? How's your hope right now, church? How's your faith? How's your trust right now? Life offers a ton of shaky circumstances, but it never offers me anything solid to put my feet on. I can't trust government. Government's a mess. I can't trust the, the stock market. That's always a disaster. I can't put my hope in people. They will betray you and let you down. I can't even hope in myself because I know the parts of me that are flawed and wrong. Even if you don't see it, I see it. I can't even hope in myself. That's why I would submit to you today in every one of our locations, the only real and genuine place that you can put your hope and faith and trust is in the person of Jesus Christ. For he is not wavering like the world. He is not shaky like the circumstances in it. What's your daily dose of faith? Every time he saw the bones, he's reminded, man, God, you did it for Joseph. You're gonna do it for me. Joseph was in the pit. He was delayed and you did it for him. God, you're gonna do it for us. We're following the same Lord. It's, it's faith. Your delay, what's God doing in your delay? He's probably doing a few things. I don't know everything specific to your delay, but I guarantee you this, he's working on your faith. He's working on your faith. He's getting you to trust more, to have more faith, right? Bit unsure about what tomorrow holds, but I'm okay because I know who holds tomorrow. As the band gets ready to join me, the last one is this. The last thing that God was working on during Israel's delay was the fear issue. He had to work on the freedom issue, the faith issue. He's working on the fear issue. Bible says in Exodus 14, Verse 10, it says, when Pharaoh drew near, now Israel's freaking out right now, right? They, they've come up to the Red Sea. There's, there's water in front of them. 
there is an angry Egyptian army behind them that they're, they're afraid and they are fearful. And it says this, when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Skip down to verse 13. And so Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. And I love this next verse. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. Boy, what an encouraging passage. Moses is prophesying right now. Hasn't happened yet, but he's prophesying. he's, He's hearing what God's gonna do, he's beginning to see it. He has faith for it. And and these Egyptians, what has made you so fearful for so long, for 430 years, today's the last day you're ever gonna see them. Today's the last day. See, that's the kind of faith we need to start bringing into things that we worry about in life. The things that we're anxious about in life. God, I've struggled with it for this long. I've been worried about it for this long. I've been fearful about it for this long. But God, I'm believing in Jesus' name. Today is the last day I'm ever gonna see it again. Today's the last day I'm ever gonna recognize it again. Verse 14, the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Again, that's prophetic. Moses is talking about peace. There wasn't a single person standing on that that seashore, maybe besides Moses who had peace. No one else had, Moses, what peace? I don't, what peace? Are you, Moses, we don't see any peace. What are you talking about peace? It's prophetic. You, you shall hold your peace. Peace is coming. Peace is coming, right? See, the third thing God's doing is he's working on their fear. They were full of fear. That's what 430 years of slavery will do to a person. Even when the chains come off, you're still fearful of a master that you've already been released from. Church, write this down. Don't let what's behind you make you miss what's before you. Don't let what's behind you make you miss what's before you. Israel is so afraid and they're so fearful. Everything they're saying is drenched in fear and all they can do is this. They're they're living life like this. They're, They're living life like this. They're missing the possible miracle that's before them because they're so focused on what's behind them, right? Don't miss what God's trying to do through the delay in your life because you're so focused on things behind you. And if you know the rest of the story, it all works out for them in the end. And Moses lifts his hands. They walk through the sea. It parts and they walk through on dry ground and they get to the other side. And the Egyptians, they, they, they came in as well and they're chasing them through the Red Sea. And once Israel gets to the other side, Moses lifts his hands again. And when he lifts his hands again, the waters come down and the entire Egyptian army drowns and dies in the Red Sea that day, right? And, and, and so God did it, right? But, but watch what it said in Exodus 14 and verse 11. This is what Israel was saying when they were on the banks of the shore. It said this, did you bring us out here to die? Did you bring us out here to die? Isn't that how we feel sometimes when we're delayed and we might not say those exact words, but that's kind of what we're chucking up to God. God, did you, did you just bring me here to just deny me? Is this it? Is this the end? God, I've been praying, but if this is the end, just tell me this is the end. Just get it over with, just tell me, right? Did you bring me out here to abandon me? Did you bring me out here to just let me die in this situation? Lord, what is going on? So often we are just like the Israelites in Exodus 13 and 14. When we don't have clarity, we're scared. When we don't don't have 
understanding, man, we were, we're afraid, we're angry, we're fearful, all of that, we feel the exact same emotions, but the Lord spoke to me, and I believe this is gonna be encouraging for someone. I believe if I could go back thousands of years ago and interject myself into the midst of this moment on the Red Sea shore, I would look at Israel and I would say, hey, everyone, listen, God didn't bring you to this Red Sea moment to deny you, he brought you here because your enemies can't swim. This, this delay, isn't even just about you. It's not about destroying you. It's about destroying the very thing that is chasing you. The very thing that has kept you fearful. The very thing that has kept you limited and bound and all that. God is not just working on you. He's handling stuff on your behalf, even in the midst of the delay. The delay is always serving a purpose. God is working on things you can't even see in the midst of the delay. He's doing a divine chess match. You are completely unaware, but he is positioning pieces on your behalf to get you to where he needs you to go. Why was this Red Sea moment so important? Man, you gotta understand this Red Sea thing. This isn't just in your Bible because it makes a good story for toddlers at bedtime. It's there because God is showing them what you have feared for 430 years, you shall fear no more. The seat of power is now being transferred from Egypt to Yahweh, to God. Let me, let me say it like this. Did you ever grow up with a bully in grade school? Maybe you had a bully, maybe you were the bully. There's a freedom group for that, so. <laughs> you ever grow up with a bully in grade school, right? Everyone's afraid of the bully. And, uh, but, but maybe one year, maybe like the next year, the next semester, a new kid moves into the class and the new kid is bigger and stronger than the previous bully and you just happen to make friends with the new kid, right? So now no longer are you afraid of the bully because now the seat of power sits on your side. That's what God's doing at the Red Sea. That's what he's doing. He's saying, you've had a bully for centuries. And that is where you have been putting your fear. That's why you have been unable to move forward. But Israel, just wait right here. I'm gonna go handle something because it's not gonna be a bully anymore. The seat of power now sits with you. God is working on your behalf. He's handling freedom issues in our life. He's handling faith issues in our life. He's handling fear issues in our life. The delay is always serving a purpose. Church, understand this, the long way the long way, it isn't because you're in trouble, it's because you're in transformation. God is taking us from the fearful, timid slaves that we all have been, slaves to sin, slaves to fear, slaves to anxiety and worry and trouble. He's taking us from that and he's turning us into the bold, faithful warriors that he will make us. That's what he's doing in the delay. The delay is always serving a purpose. You might be delayed, but you won't be denied. Let me read you this story and then we're gonna pray for some people. In the early 1900s, one of England's finest preachers decided because of his wife's failing health not to go to America and speak at an important convention. Although he'd purchased his ticket, the ship sailed without him and Jay Stewart Holden missed a golden opportunity in the prime of his preaching career. A devoted husband, he gave himself to caring for his wife and he tried not to think about what he was missing on the other side of the Atlantic. The truth is we're too early 
disappointed when our plans fall through, too easily discouraged when great opportunities are missed and we're delayed from the plans that we desire to see unfold in our lives. Delay is often the protective hand of our Heavenly Father. It certainly was for Holden, who resolved never again to question God's timing. Why? Because the unused ticket he held reserved his passage on the new unsinkable luxury liner, RMS Titanic. He was one of eight preachers who didn't make the departure on that ship that day in the early 1900s. See, even when you feel like you're being delayed, God's doing something. Even when you feel like you're being delayed and held up, God's working. It's not punishment, it's protection. It's not punishment, it's provision. Don't curse God because of the delay, thank him. Get down on your knees and say, God, I trust you. I thank you. I have no clarity right now. And Lord, I'm gonna be honest, it's a little frustrating at times, but nevertheless, I trust and hope and have faith in you. You're working even when I don't think you're working. You have the right pieces to make it all fit together. And for some of you, you've been so frustrated, but the truth is there was a storm passing through and you were being held up at 30,000 feet because instead of taking you through the storm that would have beaten you up and tossed you around, God says, I love you enough to put you in a holding pattern. And he's gonna bring you in. And the same God that began it, come on, he will be faithful to complete the good work that he has started in you. Trust and have faith. I'm gonna turn it back over to our campus pastors right now, all of our locations, Julington Creek, Amelia Island, and Orange Park in Midtown, but right here at the arena, why don't we go ahead and pray? Why don't you bow your heads and close your eyes? I'd love to pray with you. Man, if this message has just been speaking to you and I don't know what you're delayed in, but you just go ahead and apply it wherever you need. And you're saying, man, I wanna walk out of here today with more faith. I, I, I've lost hope, I've, I've lost heart and been a little down, been a little discouraged, but man, today was for me. I, I, wanna, I wanna raise back up with more faith and more trust than ever before. I would love to pray with you. I would just be so bold that you would just lift your hand on the count of three. One, two, three, just so I know who I'm praying for. Awesome. Hands up all over the place. Hands up all over the place. Thank you so much. Five more seconds. Anyone else? Anyone else? Man, I'm praying for you today. Awesome, thank you so much. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I thank you for every hand lifted. Lord, I thank you for the vision and the dream that you have already put in their heart. God, there's good things that you wanna fulfill in them. Lord, I pray right now that they would have trust and faith in the delay. That Lord, when the enemy comes in to discourage, Lord, that you would bring your Holy Spirit to lift them back up, to encourage them, to help them see what you're working on. God, how that it's all for the good. Lord, they're, they're not gonna be denied. They're not gonna be denied. They're not gonna be denied. Lord, it's just a delay. God, I pray that you would accomplish the freeing work in our life. Jesus, free us from old mentalities and old patterns of thinking, God, that are not beneficial moving forward. God, lift our faith in Jesus' name. God, remove every fear and anxiety and worry that we have in our life. Lord, we submit it all to you in Jesus' name. Now, why don't we stand to our feet? Why don't we lift our hands? Come on, why don't we sing it out? Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.